Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 120. I'm Todd. This is Brandon, and we're back. Yo. So if you're listening on the podcast, especially, they are shocked right now because I almost stumbled over my words too because as you know, I say the same thing every week. And my my brother, my co-host, my right arm, because I'm left-handed, <laughs> AJ Noel, it's not his real name, AJ is, but he is not here today. And uh, here's what happened, because even you aren't really aware. I'll kind of fill everyone in. Um, today, we were running around, getting ready. I got a hold of Clint because AJ didn't answer my call, and I was trying to find out, hey, when are we filming? He didn't answer. Clint always answers. P.S. Fun turn Clint. One thing I appreciated about him. He always answers, almost always, almost always answers his phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called him, and he goes, yeah, man, AJ's, uh, AJ's in the bathroom, and uh, he's been there for a long time. He's having a terrible, terrible time. Um, you guys know what that means. Yeah. Uh, so uh, by the time I got here, went to the bathroom, he he was literally laying on the floor, looking up at the sky in the dark, dressed in his nice khaki pants because he was getting ready for real talk. So it appears that he's been struck by this uh, stomach bug going around, which, by the way, to let everyone know, Brandon started in our church. Actually, his son did. Yes. AJ took me to the ER the night I had it. It was a magical time. <laughs> yeah. And then two weeks later, right? It's been two weeks. Yeah, he now so. gets it. So thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, if I get it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Brandon, who is Brandon? Well, Brandon goes to our church. Um, he's been here for quite a while now. How long have you been here? About five years. Yeah, five years. So he is. Uh, he leads one of our life groups. He's on, you're on children's our children's church team. I, you know, the church, the Remnant Church is the one that sponsors this show, in case you are not uh, around this area. And um, so he serves in that church, children's church, on our Greek connection team. Anything else you're on? That I'm not, I mean, other than life group? group? Men's group, yeah. Men's, it kind of heads our men's group up right now. You're really doing a lot, man. I probably should do something about that. Also a deacon um, in that process, which is big deal, um, which I'm not going to explain right now, so you can ask me if you want to know what that is. Hmm. But it's a leader. Um, in our church. So, married to the lovely Peyton. I like her. Father to the, the rambunctious Jackson. Uh, we got to hang out with him a little bit yesterday on the, we went and threw the football around. Yeah, he was off. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, no, he kind of came around when, when we got on the field. When yeah. he took his shirt off, he really came alive. <laughs> he seems to just be sad about uh, the shirt. So anyway, that's Brandon, close friend of mine personally, close friend of Fun Turns, AJ. So, um, we had to call him up, literally. We called this guy up. I texted you, what, an hour ago? Uh, about, yeah. yeah. And I said, hey, man, what are you doing? Are you around? And he just said, yeah. Uh, I did that thing where I hate, I hate doing I set you up, right? I almost <laughs> cornered you like, well, you have nothing better to do. I should have just asked. So I said, hey, can you come and co-host Real Talk with me? And he said, love to. So came flying in, and here we are. So how's it feel, man? You nervous? A little bit. But, you know, I was on Real Talk Live a couple times, mm-hmm. and... Um, I talk to you a lot, so this should be pretty easy. Yeah, the thing I tell people genuinely uh, of how to do this, because it is different. People are like, oh, it's easy. It's really not to have the kind of vibe that you want, right? Is literally the camera's not there. It's just mm-hmm. me, you, fun turn, and then this like symbolic everyone else that's sitting here with us as we're talking about life. All right. So when you do it that way, and you and I do have talks all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I really love about Brandon is, like, he's always seeking truth and thinking deep. So, you know, sending me texts, questions. He just asked me one the other day. 
um, about prayer. So, yeah, I think it'll be good. I think you guys will appreciate him. Good guy. Uh, you want to tell me anything else about yourself? Um, just in case. I don't know, man. I just I uh, I'm really just passionate about Jesus and the gospel. Um, and I love you guys. I'll do anything I can for the church and for you guys. So stepping up is not really an issue. Yeah, and you're a big fan of the show too. You know, I am. Yeah. And really cool story, actually. I, actually, this is really cool. I think it'd be pretty powerful, even though I know, guys, we're kind of going off the rails here. I haven't even told you what Real Talk is in case you're new. Sure. Uh, I should do that real quick. What's Real Talk? Real Talk's an opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. You'll see a link somewhere in the description of this video, whether it's on your podcast if you, um, platform or on your social media platform that you're watching the video on. Uh, there'll be a link, www.theremnant.com dot life slash real that's r-e-a-l dash talk if you click that go down to submit a question hit submit it's going to give you a form full box you can type in a topic question thought for us to chew on and, and to share with the world it's completely anonymous and we wanted to create this platform to give people seeking or curious about christianity or maybe even you are a christian but you you have questions that you've been afraid to ask because they're embarrassing right this gives an opportunity for you to do that we don't promise to be perfect. Clearly, if you listen for longer than five minutes, you'll find that out. But I can promise you this. We do take it all seriously. And uh, if nothing else, it will hopefully drive you closer to the truth and to the Bible to find the answers. So that's Absolutely. the gist of it. But that being said, you have a. are you comfortable telling the story about the intersection of your mom's faith and real talk even? Yeah, definitely. Because I think it's pretty powerful for people to hear. And especially the long-term fans that maybe go... You know, yeah, it's impacting me, but is it impacting other people? She does not live in this in our state, anywhere near us. Nope. Yeah. So my mom was against the God thing because my grandma died when I was 18, and she blamed God for a long time. Um, there was a sermon that you did a, a while back about the people we love and we're not telling them things and stuff, mm -hmm. and I went home that night and I told my mom, um, I don't... I don't care if you actually believe by the end of it, but if you could just try for me, you know, just I said, just give it two months, and if you're still not feeling it afterwards, you know, you tried, I did my part, you did yours. Um, about a month into it, she started watching Real Talk Live, this Real Talk. Um, she asked me why they only do it twice a week, because <laughs> she, she loves being a part of it, and she can't be here for being at church. Mm. Um, and then eventually, she texted me, and she's like, could you call me? So I called her, and she asked me what she has to do to be saved. Wow. And um, honestly, just your guys' faithfulness to posting every week. Um, she gets sad if there's not an upload. She's sad about Real Talk Live. Um, wow. This, you guys are a big part of her testimony, and um, I believe God's going to say well done one day. I, that gave me goosebumps. Um, the thing I love about this story, so first of all, those of you out there, when we say, hey, when you partner with us in ministry, when you... If you don't know what ministry is and you just listen to a show to ask questions about God, cool, ignore this part. But when you watch this show, listen to this podcast, share it, give us review, donate. We've had people donate. You are literally making a difference in people's lives. Legitimately, right? And I don't say that dramatically. In this case, that's literal reality. Mm -hmm. And what I love about your story is the connection of, of a lot of different people's faithfulness. So your faithfulness to essentially preach the gospel and say, if nothing else, try this. Mm -hmm. Your mother's love for you and her willingness to be open and seek truth, right? Mm -hmm. To truly seek it. Because this is the thing I always tell people. There's a different, you know, so many people say, well, 
you know, I've tried the gut thing and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's not the case. If I believe, we believe this is real, Christianity, the Bible, God. I'm not afraid to say that he said, if you seek me with all your heart, soul, and mind, you'll find me, right? Yes. I, essentially. She sought him. So your faithfulness led her to do, to think, and her willingness to seek made her do some stuff, mm-hmm. watch a show, listen, ask questions even, I don't know. And then the show itself, you know, tilled the soil, watered the seed, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then God, you know, did what he did and saved her. And, and that's incredible, man. And um, and now it's like, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I've told you this, but it's like she's part of the family. Like I see her name and it's like, even though she's not here, mm-hmm. As far as going to our church in our city here in Indiana, I mean, she's a, she's a part of this. And so, you know, she's out there, Sherry, if you're listening, appreciate you so much. You encourage us just by, you know, being so loving and supportive. She's been a big supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, so in case she doesn't listen to this, you better make sure she, she's going to listen. You're on this episode. <laughs> so thank you so much, Sherry. Anyway, thanks for sharing that, man. No problem. Um, yeah. So clearly, guys, with the show being changed last minute, um, I just realized, you know, Brandon sort of slid right in and he knew what to do. He's been on an episode. He's like, hey, what are we talking about? He had a topic. I have a topic. But it also makes me kind of sad because his story's pretty cool. And I guess we did do that on live. Yeah, so I'll bring that up. Hey, guys, listen. I shouldn't do that again. Uh, we used to do a show, if you're brand new, called Real Talk Live. It was a live show that we did on Facebook and YouTube every week for two years. And we just ended that, what was it, two, three weeks ago? This guy was on an episode, I can't tell you exactly, maybe we'll try to link that. We could probably link that episode to it, because um, it's still on our page. Go to it, and there's a, a section of the show called Get to Know, if you want to skip the fun, and you'll get to hear this guy's story. It's pretty cool, pretty powerful. Um, he's much like, weirdly enough, me and AJ, didn't grow up in the church, really. Um, God found him, and because of that, you're real passionate about the gospel. Yeah, I think we actually have a leg up on the people that did grow up in the church, because it's... In some ways, for sure. It's not just um, another time hearing the gospel for us it's still beautiful and new for us yeah i always say that too it's kind of cool because both are needed because i'm sure you feel this way too we also have insecurities Mm -hmm. and brokenness in our families that maybe would have been avoided had our families been believers right absolutely man Um, so i you know i always say thank god you know for the the solid stable christian families um that you know as you are doing your family now changing legacy and me trying to change legacies that we see that that's not saying anything bad about our families, but just there's a difference. And then, like you said, I think there's also a difference in the fact that, like, for all of us, we just look at it, and it's like, this is black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it, it is what it is. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff. However, um, so I think what we'll do, since our normal somewhat plan, as you know, we don't plan things to a T around here on this podcast show. I don't know why you snickered, Clint. But I do think... Um, so we're kind of, we did have, we, we, we have a normal groove that we, we do. So we're going to switch it a little. So I'm going to do the, uh, the thing where I say, how you doing, man? How's life been? Oh, man. Uh, about a week and a half ago, I think, I got put in anxiety medicine. and um, This guy's so real. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of anxious, but I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. But... Um, <laughs> I that was me naughty. I got put on the medicine. He said it would take two to four weeks to start taking effect. So now um, I'm trying to be observant to it. I'm writing my emotions down as a part of a different kind of challenge. But um, 
I'm recognizing things now, and it's really cool for me to see, you know, this is why I'm sad, or I'm actually feeling happy, as opposed to, like, moments of laughter or whatever. Mm. Um, and then... So, real quick, because I want to ask a question about that. So, what... I mean, you, you threw it out there, and, and, and be as... You don't... Be as comfortable as you want to be. You don't have mm-hmm. to say everything. If you're like, I'd rather not talk about that, this crowd's cool. But... What made you finally take that step that, like, I need to go? Because you didn't, honestly, guys, we talk, I know most things about this guy, and he didn't tell me this until after. So what kind of motivated you to even say, you know what, it's to the point I need to go, go to the doctor? Because um, have you thought about it before that? Had you had some people suggested it before? My wife's been begging me. <laughs> and what, okay, so let's look at it two ways. What was making you, what was the, like, lies in your head or the things that you're like, no, I don't want to do that? Uh. Knowing that as a Christian, I'm supposed to, like, choose joy. Mm. And I was struggling with that part of choosing joy and more just living along the lines of, you know, this could end any time and I'm ready to meet Jesus. Mm. Um, And that's not what I'm called to do. I'm not called to just exist until I meet him. Mm. Um, So I really want to... I know that I have leadership traits Mm -hmm. and I want to get the most out of them. So I, I want to elevate myself in the best in every situation and if that means some medicine, you know, I'll do what I have to do. So what was the trigger this time, though, compared to the other times your wife's been begging you that made you finally go, okay, I'm going to do this? It's actually just really funny. I We took Jackson to a doctor appointment, and um, there was an office next to his doctor's office, and it said, uh, we have openings for patients. And I had ignored a therapy appointment that I had set up because I didn't want to go. Uh huh. And um, I, I use ask you. I feel convicted about that. That I didn't follow <laughs> up with that. Sorry. I use work as a crutch not to go to things sometimes, mm-hmm. like appointments or whatever. And I um, I was like, I guess I could sign up at least talk to him, see what he thinks. Um, and then so I they had an opening right away. So I decided like that day. Uh, it was oh, like two weeks okay. away. But yeah, yeah, um, I think getting the card and knowing where it was supposed to be was finally enough for me to be like, something's (laughs) got to change. So uh, just God lining up the dominoes exactly how he wants to every time. Because he knew what would get you to actually Mm -hmm. go. It's crazy, man. So has your wife noticed anything already or not yet? I don't know. I haven't asked her yet. Uh, He told me after about four weeks to start asking my close friends and um, her if if they've noticed anything different in me. here lately, because of circumstance, I think people are seeing more sadness out of me. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to maximize whatever it is I'm feeling. So It's pretty powerful. I wouldn't say that you seem more sad um, <clears throat> so far, just to speak into this, because even today, I think that you seem more, I do think you seem more calm. Mm-hmm. I think people probably aren't used to that. <laughs> And I also think that you seem kind of like, if I were to put into words, um, man, how would I say it? Because I've been in these moments. You're just processing. Does mm. that make sense? Like you're kind of sitting in mm-hmm. in your mind. Yeah. And, and not in a negative way even. Just just that you're, I can tell. Because, listen, there are, the reason I wouldn't say it's in a negative way, because you're still you. You still talk to people and love people and do the things you did. It's just mm-hmm. like there's a, there is a little subtle difference. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see what happens. I'm very excited. He said after a few weeks, too, he would up the dosage so that things would even be more yeah. calming or whatever. <clears throat> and, um, I mean, you know better than anybody probably. I walk into a meeting a lot of times, and I'll just I'll rattle off everything that needs to be done or everything that I have on my mind right away mm-hmm. instead of just, as we said, processing things with you. 
you've had to tell me a few times, slow down. Like, what's mm-hmm. the hurry? And I think I think that's a good way to put it. I'm slowing down a little bit. That's actually, as soon as you said that phrase, even the way you're talking, is like, that is, that's a great way to put it. You just seem like you're slowing things down. Mm-hmm. So I think what's really cool, first off, about you being so transparent, another reason I love Brandon, you know, he's very real because, you know, you always kind of, I hope this is sure, he'll act like he's not confident, but... You know, sometimes we judge our confidence on what we feel inside mm. versus what we put out. And there's a difference between like a false confidence and a confidence that says, this is who I am, world. Mm. You know, I, this is who I am. You know, you can reject it or you can accept it, but I'm not going to hide who I am. And I think that's something that you do. And I think what's really cool about you being transparent and opening the door to this, because we had a conversation about medication a little mm-hmm. bit lately. And I've been talking to a few people about this. So this is definitely a God thing. And I think it's a great topic. So you said, <clears throat> I don't know if I got this answer, so I want to ask one more question. So, you know, all the other times that you didn't go, mm-hmm. you know, your wife, what was beyond the fact of like anxiety, of like having to go to the meeting and stuff, was there anything, did you ever have any, and maybe you didn't, did you ever, ever have anything that was like, oh man, if my faith was strong, I'd be able to do this on my own. I shouldn't need medication. That mm-hmm. kind of thing? Um, man. Or is it primarily just... I I don't know. I don't think I've ever... Actually, recently, I guess, yes, I have had those thoughts of, why am I so sad? If my faith were strong, I wouldn't be so sad, and I would actually <coughs> you know, believe this or whatever. And so I would say, yeah, I think. Yeah, man. And I, the reason I had a feeling is I've talked to a couple people and I'll be transparent in my mind because you you were transparent. So several years ago, I have a sermon called, uh, there's a sermon on our church, I shouldn't say that, called Broken Cart. And the only reason I say that is if you want to know what led to this, go to www.theremnant.life um, and then go to sermons and you'll see down there somewhere Broken Cart. And I just tell my story of like when my life, I feel like my life's been broken um, twice, big time. Mm. But the last time, was, was primarily my own my own sin led to my downfall, right? Never hidden from that. Mm. But I think what people did in that time, if I'm honest, is, and I've shared this, is that they used my sin to justify their own towards me, mm. um, which I couldn't say at the time because, you know, you're going through things. So people attacked me and, you know, literally people telling me that I'm Saul, I'm never going to, you know, God's never going to, I'm a broken cart. God's done with me. And when you're already feeling down and lose everything in your life, I, I spiraled into uh, my back, I mentioned that I have a very serious back injury, couldn't walk, and you know me, I'm very active. Mm-hmm. So that compounded it, and I was just really, really depressed. Well, one, I grew up in a family like we didn't, you just suck it up. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You're, you're depressed. That's not a thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also, I always had this feeling. So anyway, I ended up going to the doctor and kind of describing some stuff to them, and they suggested, and I didn't even, at, it wasn't for that reason. They could just tell. They put me on... Um, some depression medication for a while. I don't even know if I told you this, Clint. Did I tell you this before? So I was on this depression medication. Two things. One, I'm terrified of medications, mm-hmm. side effects. Yep. So I'm leery, anxiety. <laughs> um, two, it felt weak. Mm-hmm. And yes. it made me, f- and, and the idea that I was dependent on something. Um, now, in that case, I took it for three months, I think, and then went off it. Honestly, I probably went off it too early, but... It did its it did its job. Mm-hmm. It kind of gave me a little boost out of it, and and I was able to move on. But I think a lot of times, at least for me in that time, I remember thinking, "Am I am I sinning? Like, mm-hmm. am I relying on some kind of 
non-godly thing to do what I should be going to God for. And I think we do that a lot when it comes to medications that regulate our mood. I even recently have, have read articles on um, like ADHD medication and Christ mm-hmm. and um, stuff like that, Christians, what's the response? And I read some really good articles. Not already, I had already thought this, but I think it, it's good to know. There's this subtle thing in us in Christendom that says, yes, we take medication for physical stuff, right? When you had the stomach bug, you went and you took the medicine they tell you to take. Mm-hmm. But mental and emotional stuff mm-hmm. is all attitude and faith. And I think it's really dangerous because if we believe that sin has caused disease, mm-hmm. then why is it so hard for us to admit that at times our brains and our, our emotions and our chemicals are off? Mm-hmm. You know, And certainly God gave us doctors for a reason. And it's okay for us to use that stuff. Now, you've heard me preach this. Do I think sometimes people try to go, because I'll tell you this, I believe you can take every depression medication in the world or anxiety or whatever, and if you don't have a relationship with Christ, it's not going to cure it, right? And I think that's why people freak out because then they go and try to get a bunch of different meds because, like, this isn't working, this isn't working. But I also don't think, I think we need to shed the stigma, you know, that, that we can't, I don't know, that real Christians don't use that stuff. It's definitely interesting. I've never thought about it. Where When I get the stomach bug, I never, ever think I'm just a weak Christian. But then in my brain, when, I, when I'm feeling like this is stupid, mm-hmm. uh, I'm immediately like, you lack of faith. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, if you're out there, you know, thanks, Brandon, so much for being transparent. Guys, it's okay. It's okay to... To have to, to at least go see a doctor sometimes, you know, if you've tried it. In my case, I think the, the turning point for me was when this realization that I just, I couldn't get out, mm. you know. And now you guys know me, I'm pretty driven. Mm-hmm. You are too, really. And like, you, you, I know you, I know your faith level. I'm sure you prayed and read and put into practice. It's like, when you get to the point that I've done everything the Lord has told me to do and I'm still struggling in this, mm-hmm. not sin issues, we're talking depression, anxiety, uh, even attention attention stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. they say there's neural things that are firing weird. Why would we not? Why, you know, why would that be sinful? So if you're out there, it's not weak to need help or go check that stuff out. There are times if sin causes cancer, then sin definitely has infected our emotions and our minds sometimes. Mm. Todd, where's the line of that? I don't know. Be prayerful on that. You're the one that has to be honest do I have sin issues? Am I depressed? Because as Christians, when we're doing the things that God tells us not to do, we're going to be sad. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, you know what, man, I'm not really feeling that way, convicted in that, I've done this and that, like, yeah, it, it's okay to, to go talk to a doctor. That's what they're for. Yeah, I think recognizing, are you sad because of circumstance? Or are you sad, be- <clears throat> or, I mean, in spite of circumstance? That's really, really good, dude. That, actually, I think that, say that again, I think that's super deep. You, you said sad... Am I sad because of circumstances yes. or sad in spite of circumstances? Mm-hmm. Meaning, even though things are great, you're still sad. Yes. That's super deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I've had a lot of people <clears throat> uh, in my wife's family, in my family, come up to me and like, yeah, I'm depressed too uh, because, I don't know, soap opera got canceled or something. And yeah. I'm like, it's really almost insulting because it's like you're sad because you can't do what you want to do right now. Mm, mic drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of leads back to even a way to know whether it's a, a sinful heart issue and just mm-hmm. stuff we got to break in ourselves or whether like, man, this is a real issue. Mm. That's deep, man. 
Good stuff. Brandon's dropping the uh, the hammer there. <clears throat> and I won't go in. Clint, don't don't even feel like speak specifically, but I know you even said you struggle with a long time feeling like, how do I take certain meds? Because it is it making me not who God wanted me to be, right? That wrestling of, you know, did God make me this way and I'm, I'm letting something change me, mm-hmm. right? I don't, if you want to speak uh, into that at all. Yeah, I mean, I have severe ADD. So, okay, so he just went there. All right. Uh, <laughs> which basically how the doctors explain it is everybody has a level of ADD to some point. Everybody mm. does. And everybody's an ADD or ADHD at some point. But severe ADD means that I have attention, attention deficit disorder, meaning that I physically cannot focus. And even normally adults will have coping mechanisms that they do to make themselves focus at work or things like that. By the time you're an adult, you've normally developed these already. For me, I really went off the medication because I noticed it was stunting my emotions and things like this, and I started to get very worried and even scared that I was losing myself, mm-hmm. losing who I was, losing my past. Like, I didn't care about almost anything. I, I remember feeling envy and jealousy the first time my senior year in high school. Mm. And it was shocking because I would talk to people, I'm like, I feel this way, and they're like, that's jealousy. <laughs> and I'd go, what? And it was an eye-opening moment. I'm like, I truly only felt three, maybe four emotions my whole life. Wow. And this is strange, and it's not—it's not just male culture. Like, okay, you don't have to feel. It was literally I could not feel. Yeah, and, yeah. And that became a real thing. And of course, recently I've, I've gone to go seek medication now and started going back because I, I did run into the end of what I could physically do. Because I did for about two years, three years, I've tried to force myself because of this fear that it is changing me, changing me as a person, and I'm going to lose myself. Try to focus on my own, even going to get other focused things that will help me focus, that mm-hmm. are supplements and things like that. And ended up getting to the point where I could honestly say, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. There's nothing else that I can do to fix this. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do this. I've prayed, I've done all these things, and I've tried very hard to continue to do this, and there's nowhere I can go after this. So I had to get to that point, and, and I'm still terrified. I truly am because I don't want to lose who I am, but I do know that they're good for me. You know what's funny, though? And it's like the doctor told you, which is pretty cool. And even you, this is all wrapping up. First off, I love this episode because I think this is a real topic that doesn't get talked about. Um, and your guys' transparency is really, really awesome. So thank you because I think you're opening the door for things that we just don't talk about. But what's cool here is if we're doing what God told us to do in other areas, meaning you are in community with other believers, right, mm-hmm. to some degree, if you have people in your life that you're walking out life with that are, you know, as Galatians tells us, carrying each other's burdens, we're going to be able to tell you, hey, you're not you. You don't have to feel that pressure of, uh, man, I got to, am I me? Am I not? Is it making me not me? Because we're going to be there to say, just like you said, hey, man, I would tell you, you know, if, if you get to the point where you're not the brand and I know and love, mm-hmm. literally not, I would say something. And then same to you. And so it's kind of cool that if we just live in that, transparency and honesty and walk it out with each other, then you don't have to feel that that uh, worry that, oh, man, you know, am I me? Am I not? Because, you know, you know me. If, if I would never, I don't want you to lose who you are. Mm. And like even you, man, we like I love you. You're my brother. I don't want to lose who you are either. Mm. But what's cool is the moments that it's making you more of who you are. Mm. Does that make sense? Sometimes. And, and listen, sometimes people get over-medicated, particularly when they're younger, because the kids don't know enough to even say. So your parents are taking you, and 
they say take this and they do and the parents are like oh well he's much more obedient and he listens more so it must be a good thing i had mm-hmm. another friend that was i mean dude when as adults when we understood okay so i knew him since i was 13 he was incredibly when i met him like almost like i used to call him eeyore mm-hmm. um and a zombie i mean he's walked around with zero emotion so when you say that i know well i remember somewhere in high school he sort of shifted mm-hmm. and He's much like you, severe. Honestly, man, probably it is worse than yours. Um, severe ADD, AD, whatever it is, whatever the two. But when we looked at the dosages as an adult, because we were able to, you know, see what he was being given. I mean, it was catatonic almost because he was raised by an elderly woman who stepped in, and God bless her heart. But in her mind, this rambunctious kid has a problem instead of just he's in a rambunctious kid partly. So let's control it. Let's keep up in the dose, you know, when you're a kid. And I, and I don't think all parents, I don't even think she had bad motives, you know, but I'm mm-hmm. saying like, that's a real thing. And so as an adult, the cool thing too, is you're able to go, hey, when you get, again, if you're an adult in your community, we'll be able to all talk and be like, hey, you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Another thing is, is like, it's not on anybody's parents, not even my own. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not. Over, yeah, but at the end of the day, the other thing is, Look at that. Also, if you were ever, ever over-medicated in your life, don't just look at that and go, oh, I don't need this or don't do that. But take it as a real possibility that you may need this actual drug. I don't like it. I definitely don't like it. There are days that I struggle and I have fear because I don't want to take it because I'm afraid. But the truth is, I can understand that I do need it. And a lot of it is, is you may feel like you're better now than you were back then, but that's just because if you started taking this in first grade, you never developed a coping mechanism. You were oh, a child. That's so pretty you're, deep. All your coping yeah. mechanisms, whether it's depression, anxiety, ADHD, ADD, whatever you've been diagnosed with, you never developed coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so hard for you to control now, and you're trying to control it, and you may have gotten better. But there's a certain limit, I believe, for people who truly have these disorders that at a certain point, there's not. you're going to run to the end of the road. And if you run to the end of that road, and you have to be real with yourself. Maybe I need to go back onto this medication or try other medications and be open about it and be real about it. Because yes, you were probably over-medicated because you were a child and you never had the coping mechanism, so they just had to continually sedate you. Basically, keep your mind under control. and keep Not that they're even intentionally and, doing and, that. No, it's not even intentional. Yeah. It's just what they thought they had to do because you can only do so much. Yeah. I think you said something powerful of... Um, the children, they're taking it at such a young age, like Clint's saying, too. And it's weird for me because maybe they're not even being given a chance because you said he could just be a rambunctious kid. Mm-hmm. Well, if everybody who's ever been a rambunctious kid has been medicated. put on these medicines, mm-hmm. you know, we maybe never have the deep thinkers we have in the world. That's true. And That's true. I, don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it's a thin line, and that's where we just have faith, too, and pray mm-hmm. about it. You know, we can, again, if you've been listening to Real Talk or know me, you know this. I've said this a lot. For me, where I've been lately is going, okay, Jesus, you said mm-hmm. to follow you. Like, I'm just going to follow you, and I'm going to ask you things because you told me I could. And I don't mean it in a punk attitude, but it's almost like, hey, you said you're going to do this. And we can ask about that stuff, too, you know. What I've tried to do lately with other believers even, so even about medication, you know, God, am I supposed to take this? Should I go? You know, in your case, it was pretty lined up, right? Like, and also, if there's medication to treat something that is hurting you or making you miserable, 
does it sound like something that the father would not want you to have? Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're like, yeah, he, God wants me to be miserable. Uh, I don't think that's the case, <laughs> you know. Great conversation. Appreciate you guys. What do you guys think? Any of you out there um, in the same boat, maybe you're on medication for some kind of mood or <clears throat> mental thing, and you're confused about it. You know, what are your thoughts? What's, your, what's been your experience? Um, drop a comment in the comments below, or if you're watching on the pod, listening, excuse me, on the podcast, use the link and send in your thoughts. We'd love to read those and share them next week. But Absolutely. Thanks for being so transparent, man. Open all up. No problem, dude. I cut you off because I was so intrigued by that. How's everything else going? Uh, work's been really crazy. I have to step up and take a higher role than I'm being paid for for a little bit, um, which I'm willing to do. Uh, stepping up is something I've never really had an issue with. Um, my marriage is awesome. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really just blessed, I think. Um, I, I have to look back every single day and just say I'm blessed because... Knowing where I could be mm-hmm. if everything hadn't happened exactly when it did, it's just, this is amazing. But Yeah, and I think your life, again, go check that out. We'll link it. Um, but when I look at your life, I don't know if I tell you this enough, but I think it all the time. Sometimes we take for granted where people are, mm-hmm. right? Like they just, yeah, that's just naturally what they became. But when I look at your life, man, even when I met you, mm-hmm. what's really cool is... Yeah, you are, you know, your, your, your life is turning a corner and turned a corner and you've got, you know, beautiful family and, and a good career and friends and, but you've been obedient, you know, from the very first moment where when I met him, again, not going to go into this, but living with his now wife, his, but they weren't married and, you know, challenging him and saying, hey, bro, you know, you say you're doing this, then what are you doing? And primarily, mm-hmm. guess what? They didn't. They separated, even though it killed him because they'd already been that close. Rough. Um, from that to, you know, asking hard questions, to standing up for your faith, to being, changing your work ethic even, and being faithful and saying, hey, I'm going to do hard things and I'm going to step in, I'm going to overcome, you know. Dude, it's it's God. We don't talk about this enough Christianity either. We'll talk about God punishing people, mm-hmm. but we don't talk about him rewarding people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he does that. Like he, not just, yes, we have treasure in heaven, but like when we do what God says, better things happen, mm. Right. Because statistically, you shouldn't be where you're at. Nope. Not I mean, it makes no sense. Uh, you can look at it if you want. Look, yeah. at, look at kids from Saginaw, Michigan that drop out of high school <laughs> and where they turn out. And It's not it's not here. Not where I am, <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah, so that's cool, man. How are you? Man, you're already doing better than AJ. Oh, I'm just kidding. Love you, buddy. Miss you, AJ. Um, so I'll share. I know you know this because I shared in our in our intense lion heart group accidentally shared with everyone when I truly meant to share it with just our and then I was going to delete it and I was like clearly God wants me to use it. so this weekend was interesting for me um starting Friday so weirdly Fridays I had sometimes I had a ton of, of counseling kind of sessions which are cool I love that mm-hmm. um so I had a lot of that and then it was one thing after another, man. It was so many things happening at once. AJ was actually in the room. He had to be in the room when it, when it really kicked in. And you can ask him. Three hours straight after all my meetings of just my phone, boom, boom, boom. And if you're out there and you were one of those, this isn't bad. Mm. It's good. It's Because it's, it's not you overwhelming me. It's just interesting timing. Mm. And, uh, and it was hard stuff, man. A lot of hard stuff. A lot of people doing, you know things that are harming themselves and others, having to, to have hard conversations, having to make decisions 
and quote lead, hmm. even when I know, no, no, that I'm going to get flack for it. And I did. And then that led to Saturday, which was the same thing. And then, you know, people thinking poorly and questioning our decisions. And But the strange thing is, and that was all weekend, in multiple situations. So if you're thinking this is one thing, I promise you it's not. Multiple. But in the weird, and I've always been this way, I had the craziest calm during that. Mm-hmm. And what makes me feel weird about that is sometimes when things are, are calm, mm-hmm. I am restless and and I get sad and uh, I I, th- I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means that when the bullets are flying and the heat is up that I'm most alive because I on the positive side I can look good, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you rise to the occasion. I see that, but then there's a side of me that goes, is there some part of me that is only comfortable in drama? That is only comfortable in insanity? Mm-hmm. And I've even you know I, I don't ever want to make my uh the way i was raised poor because honestly fun turn knows this he's around me a lot i love my family i think so many good things mm-hmm. but i do know there was a lot of chaos and i was the oldest um in my family as far as kid and, and a lot of let's just call it what it is man like you know, i hate saying that because i always wonder if they'll watch it's so uncomfortable but i had some things about my childhood that were pro that could have and should have been done differently yeah. To me, that's a good way to put it. Sure. And I wonder sometimes if that's like, and even as I say this, I'm like, oh, you're you're whining, mm. you know, you're a grown man. But has that affected me to the point that like, that's what I know. I don't know what it is to have peace mm. sometimes. Because why am I mo- why am I more sad when I'm peaceful <laughs> than I am when like craziness is happening? Probably waiting for the next domino to fall. Oh, that's a good point. So like. I'm just waiting for that next moment. Yeah. And when the moment happens, I'm like, I knew this was coming. Yep, exactly. And then mm, you're, you're ready for it because you were waiting. That's a good point. So that was weird. Um, that's a really good point. I never thought of that. Mm. That would that would make sense. <laughs> um, 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 um. So I think that that's been cool and uh, or interesting. And then I uh, had a really great church service. Mm. Listen, guys, if you're listening, you don't go to a church. I'm sure you're like me. I was a Christian before I was active in church. And, and I, I was stubborn. And I was wrong. Um, because I, I viewed it as all of the bad people, right? The people that are mean, the Christians that hate. And, uh, I'm so, so thankful for our church. And um, just beautiful, man. It was good service. You were there. Crazy. It was awesome. So that's where I'm at. And then this week, more, you know, AJ's sick. That's, even <laughs> that's weird. So I, I don't know. How am I doing? I'm doing okay. Every day I'm trying, genuinely trying to be like Jesus. Hmm. I really am. And I think sometimes I get hurt when people doubt my heart. Because even when I fail, I know, like, I don't know. Sometimes you just want people to say, hey, I know that you messed that up, but I know who you really are. Yes. You know? I agree completely. Yeah. As far as the comfortable and drama, I, I am in a weird place where I agree with you for me. Because I moved a lot in my teenage years. And I've moved a lot since I've been an adult. Uh, I've lived in like six different houses just since I started coming to the church. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I've been at the same apartment now, and this is my second year, which will be the longest I've stayed anywhere mm-hmm. since I moved to Indiana. And um, it's Congrats. weird because I'm I'm waiting. Like, I'm waiting to move again. I I almost never want to unpack all my boxes because I know it's going to be, we're going to move <laughs> the again. Same way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it is weird for me to be more comfortable in movement, but maybe I should get used to being still, right? <sighs> Guys, dropping truth bombs today. 
That's good stuff. He literally verbally says, he got a check in the mail. <laughs> this is a great story about Clint. This guy gets a check in the mail for, let's just be real, it was part of this whole stimulus thing, right? So this guy gets a check in the mail. He'd been, he'd been going through some stuff financially, trying to, he, he, he's a warrior at times. He gets this check. He opens it. He comes to me and goes, <laughs> if you can't see my face, he's going, oh, God. He just worried, just wringing his face. I'm like, what's up, man? He just hands it to me. Doesn't say anything. I'm expecting to see, like, I'm getting sued. You know, like, you're going to jail. And it is check for a check for him for 12, you know, whatever, 1200 bucks or whatever. And I look at it and I flip it around because I'm like, is this like one of those, you know, is he seeing something I'm not? And I go, what are you sad about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust this. I go, it says from the United States government. Like, yeah, there's something up. And I go, what do you actually think? Like, when you think the bad thing's happening, what is the thought that goes in your mind? Do you remember what she told me? Uh, nothing good ever happened. No, yeah, no, no. He had a scenario. In his mind, he was going to deposit this check. And then he was going to go to jail or something because it wasn't supposed to happen. Like, some somehow it was illegal for him. Mm -hmm. You know, like the government's going to be like, it's a trick. And, I, you know, like, now I got you. <laughs> Um, so making light of it, yeah, he oh, lives yeah. in that sometimes. Oh yeah, it's nothing good ever happens to me, so I just, I just accept it. It does. He just didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's anyway, true. point. But yeah, that's that's where I live. So when actual chaos and like hard moments comes, I just go, oh, "This is life," and I just keep moving. And I'm, I'm actually normally mm -hmm. like, "Well, at least I know what's going on. At least." You think we're sinning when we fire. all of us admit? Do you think we're sinning when we do that? When we live in perpetual wait, perpetual waiting for the for the bad thing. I think it's just not accepting that Jesus, first of all, the promises that Jesus provides us when he died for us on the cross, mm -hmm. it's us not accepting that. And I How so? Think, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want for everybody he listening. He promises us peace, freedom, and all these things. Mm -hmm. And we're saying that he essentially, when we're in these moments, we're like, no. Mm -hmm. That he's not going to give that to you. Peace. We're never going to get this. It's always going to be bad. It's all these things are good. We're also just spitting in God's face when we say God literally goes, I know what's best for you. I have what's best for you. I have a plan for you. I, I know who you are. I know you by the hairs on your head. <coughs> the Holy Spirit interprets the groaning of your heart. I know all of this, and I love you, and I'm going to do the best for you. And we just go, oh, you're not going to do the best for us. We're not going to do, you're not going to help us. You're not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. We're what do you think about this? Freedom. About uh, like Because I've been convicted about this before. I actually don't think it's sinning. Um <clears throat> Because I think all three of us would say we take peace in knowing we're going to heaven one day. Yeah. Um, Jesus told us that trials were going to come, mm -hmm. and he told us that these trials are nothing compared to what we're going to get in heaven, and he told us that people are going to hate us for our beliefs. So we know it's going to happen. I don't. I think if we were living in a way of like, when it does happen, we're like, "Why are you doing this, God?" It maybe that would be sinning a little mm -hmm. bit more. But um, what about if we're what about if we're always worrying about the next thing? Mm, oh, worry. That's yeah. See, that's where yes. I get. And let's be real. I know every, all three of us in this room. We are warriors. Yeah. Hundred percent. Now, I will say this: out of all of us, 
I've seen Brandon a little bit. Actually, you two to a degree, but Brandon's like made a bit of an effort on his worry because mm-hmm. I know there have been he mentioned this earlier. There have been many times I'm like, hey, you realize you're spiraling worry right now, right? <laughs> like, um, but yeah, because I, I think I've at least been convicted. That's not to shame anyone out there, but there are times that like I wonder when I am sitting around waiting for it, mm-hmm. or like you said, something good happens, then I don't trust it. I don't know, man. I, I say, oh, I sing songs, praise God, he's so good. But the truth is, I really do, I think for me, this is Todd, not everyone. I think a lot of times I doubt his goodness. Mm-hmm. I never doubt God's power, mm-hmm. but I definitely doubt his goodness sometimes, yeah. which sucks. But I don't doubt his goodness towards you exactly. and towards you, which is weird. It's just towards yourself. Yeah. So it's kind of a trend that I've noticed, at least when you and I talk, is grace is okay for everybody else but I can't give it to myself, mm. right? And Yeah, man, that's a good point. Getting to the root of that, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> um, mm. Just for a follow-up on the check for Clint story, I'm pretty sure he showed up to work that day with a bunch of candy and popsicles, and he literally said to me, I'm rich now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something about Fun Turn, too, and it's actually also terrifying because he is he's a spender. <clears throat> but, you know, it's crazy. He spends a ton on other people. He doesn't really like buy. He'll buy himself some stuff, but he's like, "Hey, look, I bought you a gold watch." And you're like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Hey, remember that time you said you didn't know what time it was? I thought you needed a Rolex." Like, <clears throat> that is something about him. Mm. So, awesome guy. That's hilarious. Hey, great conversation. Um, moving forward, here, let's talk about our things. We'll talk about what do you want to talk about today? Oh, I have two that are really jumping out to me. Okay. Um, I'll just jump into the First Timothy two oh nine. Boy, he's bringing it. Yeah. So First Timothy, you said two nine. Yep, two nine. <clears throat> it's not comfortable, uh, especially for men to talk <clears throat> about. But um, I'll, I'll actually do eight and nine. Okay. Eight starts with therefore I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. And then nine goes. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing, with decency and good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold pearls, or expensive apparel. Mm. Uh, I can finish with ten as well. But with good works, as in proper for women who affirm that they worship God. I'm, should, I'm sorry, what chapter was that? Uh, chapter two. Two, okay. And you said eight, and eight, eight through, through ten. Eight through ten, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, go ahead. What, what about that? Okay, so this has been with me for a long time. It's not a secret that men in the world struggle with lust, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't, we kind of ignore it because guys don't want to talk about it or whatever. And because we don't talk about it, I think women don't know that we're struggling with it a lot of times. So for them to not know we're struggling with it, they don't know how to help us or that they even can help us. Mm. So in this sense, Timothy, in the book of Timothy, um, Paul's telling us, you know, women should dress modest. And maybe that's him telling us, you know, men are struggling. You can help them out in this way. Mm. Um, And I think the women in our church, for the most part, do pretty well. Um, But there there have been days where guys have struggled, right? And I don't know. It's just, it's always weird for me because as a leader, I don't know how to talk to women about biblical things because... Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's um, even this. Con- like he he brought this up, and I said honestly, man, I think it's a. Gr-. He's like, I know it's probably not going to be appropriate. And I was like, I think it'd be a great conversation for them to hear. Mm-hmm. So, so your point being like, 
this verse is one that it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you're not sure that it's even ever like that ladies don't really think about it mm-hmm. and in the context of like their faith. Yes. Right. None of them will. No, that's not true. They, they will say mm-hmm. that. Not necessarily our, our church. Now we're talking about people in general. So I always like to do this. <clears throat> Give context for everyone listening. So he already mentioned it. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, whom he had left um, in charge of a, a church or a, a faith group in this, in this area. And Timothy's a younger man, and he's teaching him and reminding him how to lead. And then, first of all, right, how to set up the structure of the church. And he's reminding him of certain things of like, hey, this is how the church should function. This is what men should do, women should do, children should do. Um, he goes on to mothers, fathers, how we should treat all of them. He goes on, this is what your leaders should look like. Here's, you know, all of these things because, you know, after Christ left, his church was established, and now, you know, we're human and going, what does that look like, Lord? Mm-hmm. And so here, he read to you this specific section, but I want to read a couple other things just so you understand that it's not just this. He starts this, the chapter in verse 1 saying, First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and also all those in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. By the way, if Calvinism is true and, not, and God has already condemned some to hell, why would he say that he wants everyone to be saved? Mm. Right here. Anyway, side note. Here's the thing. That's just, you can, I, I set that up because sometimes when the people bring these verses up, they're like, yeah, this is showing Christianity chauvinistic. So stupid. Mm. So stupid. Because you're not reading the context of this. It's not about women. It's just one thing and a list of things that Paul's saying, hey, Timothy, make sure the church is doing mm-hmm. what it should be doing. This is how Christian women should act. Now, remember, too, that if he has to tell them here in this section to dress um, in modest clothing with decency and good sense and hairstyles, pearls, all that, but with good works, what does that tell us about what was considered normal? Because you don't tell someone to do something if it's already normal, right? I don't mm-hmm. have to say to you, hey, make sure all the women breathe, mm-hmm. right? So what's clearly happening here in they're, their culture? They're even? showing out. Yeah, right? <laughs> nice. Like the ladies in that culture are showing out. And remember, pagan culture all around here. So we know that it's going to go against popular culture. Mm-hmm. We also know that even within the church, it must have been happening. Mm-hmm. And what's happening a lot of times is, remember, someone may become saved. Maybe they're, I'm going to make this up, they're a... A pre they they used to worship they worshipped all the gods but I don't know they're the, they worked at the temple of Aphrodite or something the goddess of lust and love so they're used to this right mm-hmm. temple prostitutes and they get saved and they walk in and like they're wearing nothing because oh this is how we dress yeah it, what if we stopped viewing it as Paul was being a jerk and Paul was saying hey honey sweetie daughter you know you don't have to dress that way anymore mm. you're you're a queen yeah. so queens don't dress that way. So I wanted to say all that because a lot of times if someone's listening right now that's not a Christian, they're going to hear that and go, here we go. They're going to try to tell us. No, man. Because also, this is important. Right here in verse 8, right before it says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. He told the men to do something first, Mm -hmm. which clearly means there was anger and argument. And he's like, quit arguing all the time and focus on worshiping. And then we come here. And you said, your point is, hey, man, when women dress this way, they're helping guys in their battle for lust. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the argument. You ready for me to give you the argument that, that the other side gives in Christianity? Hey, don't blame your lust on me. You need to control your lust. Don't blame your lust on how I dress. Sure. You shouldn't be looking. Mm-hmm. Which is valid. Yes. Right? What we tell the guys in our Lionheart men's group, 
we don't say hey, it's the woman's fault, mm-hmm. right? No. But it's like you said, you're trying to, it gets uncomfortable to then teach biblical teaching to women when you're a guy because the, I think that there's a defensiveness automatically. Yep. Like we're blaming them for our lust. Yep. So I don't know. I, uh, I just want to bring that up. It just goes back to loving one another, I think. Like I, if I could stop my wife from sinning by, I don't know, stop playing video games or whatever, if that made her want to be more faithful to me and be more um, submissive to me, then I would do that to help her be more holy. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we do what we can to love one another? Yeah, and it's hard for women to understand because women, <laughs> I guess, you know, in general, men don't struggle with that as much mm-hmm. as far as dressing inappropriately because, like, I don't know if women are just grossed out by us, but they don't <laughs> really care, right? I mean, they can... Because, um, I mean, how can we dress as that is immodest? It's almost hard to do uh, for a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can. So anyway... Yeah, um, it's tough. You know, ladies, here's what I would say when it comes to this. It's been uncomfortable for me. There's only been twice, I think, in the seven years that our church has been around mm-hmm. that I've had to approach a, a female leader and then say, hey, can, you might need to say something to so-and-so. Mm. And here's the thing. Just because that person's wearing it doesn't mean that she intentionally was doing that. Yes. Because that's where it gets hurtful. Like, you don't want to shame someone. Because I know women, I can tell you this. I don't want to tell her story, so I'm not going to say who she is exactly, but I know a woman who at like 14, you know, she was a woman essentially physically and was wearing a turtleneck sweater and like pants and was on the worship team. Mm-hmm. And an old man, four, she's 14, an older, you know, 45, 50-year-old man comes up to her and says to her, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're causing either me, he said, or other people to stumble and sin. And she and has been messed up from this to this day mm-hmm. because... You know, you're wearing a turtleneck. And you and I both know if that dude came up to us, we're like, you're just being a pervert because mm-hmm. she can't cover up anymore. Not even trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, definitely there's some understanding that, I don't know, I feel like there's it's always two extremes. It's either let's go and call all women harlots and they mm-hmm. have to wear burlap sacks mm-hmm. or we don't say anything. Because if you say something, you're being a pervert or uh, what is the word? condescending or whatever yeah or you're just trying to control everything right mm-hmm. that's what we get a lot being controlling yeah so you know the a note here in my bible i like this on this verse exactly it says paul sought to prohibit extravagant expensive styles recognizes as a modest and seductive because mm. let's be real ladies there are times that you you know even as believers it's okay we all have it that you want to be looked at that way um and, then, and the thing is, should you? And he said, but he went, and it should be accompanied by, oh, I'm sorry. He said, extravagant expensive styles recognized as immodest and seductive that are also accompanied by the wearer's neglect of their character. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put all this effort in my outward, outward uh, appearance, but no um, time on my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's, that's the call here, too. It's not just the clothing. It's saying yep. you need to be working on your character as much as you do your outward appearance. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff, man. You have any other thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe eight in particular. Men, would you worship? <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's the truth. It's pretty clear that we need to worship there. But yeah, and, and men tend to be the. <laughs> so good stuff, ladies. What do you think? Do you get mad even hearing that? You know, where's the line for you? Um, 
is most of the time an innocent, especially if you're a Christian. What about not if you're a non-Christian lady listening to this and you just like the show? You know, what's what's your thought? Have you had bad experiences with people shaming you mm. when they shouldn't? And have you had times or how about this? Here's another good question. Has anyone ever approached you in a way that you thought was really respectful and you're appreciative of it about mm. the same? Because I'd be really curious and excited to hear how that went. Yeah, I'd like to know the right approach. So <laughs> <clears throat> cool. Yeah, man. So I have one. Uh, it's an article. I hesitate all the time to talk about this because I feel like we've been talking about it a lot. And But I don't think it's us that's talking about it a lot, mm-hmm. as, as in Christianity or even me. I think it's the world, and we're having to give a response. I have, um, I'm going to say this clearly right now, I love gay pe- people that are practicing homosexuality, and I love people that um, consider themselves is it transsexual? Is that what it is? Yes. I love you. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with you um, because God has told me, you know, what this is. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean this. I don't walk around going, ugh, you know, like, I hate you. That it, Anyone that knows me, you believe that. You know that about Absolutely. me. Absolutely. So when I say this, it's not even about that. This could literally be an article that was making the same point about um, having 15 wives. And I mm-hmm. would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So the headline of the article is, give me your thoughts, if I can find it. Oh, man, i got to buy time. Oh, here it is. I did it. Headline is, this from the Washington Post. Opinion. I'm a gay Christian pediatrician. (laughs) I don't know. It's just funny because there's a lot of titles there. (laughs) I'm a gay Christian pediatrician and have no doubt Jesus would reject anti-trans laws. So that's that's a pretty bold statement. And then I was like, what's an anti-trans law? (laughs) So this was written by um, <clears throat> Terrence Whedon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, comes right from the article. Terrence Whedon is a pediatrician who provides medical care to adolescents and young adults of all gender identities, gender expressions, and sexual orientations in Chicago. So this person is a transgender, in this case, a woman who believes and has taken steps to become a male. Yes. A man, whatever. Uh, I'm going to read some of the... Just the headlines. I want to get your guys' thoughts. Um, These are directly from the article. You can find it yourself. So it says, The recent increase in anti-transgender legislation is troubling for me as a Christian, cisgender, gay man, and pediatrician who provides gender-affirming care to adolescents. Clint, and I'm not... Do you you know what cisgender means? No? Okay. Do some research on that while I'm going. And then goes on to say, Homophobia and transphobia, which are not Christian values are at the root of these hateful, harmful legislative efforts. Let's stop there. Phobia and phobia means fear of. Mm-hmm. Homophobia and transphobia means fear of to the point that you'd probably want to kill it. Mm. Okay. Are at the root of these hateful, harmful legislative efforts. So again, this is opinion that is being stated as fact. Mm-hmm. For instance, I do not hate, I just told you, do not hate these people. Yep. The proposed law set a disturbing precedent of discrimination in the name of Christianity and they're not what Jesus would do. Jesus would not deter. You ready for this sentence? Jesus would not deter, stop, essentially, or a transgender youth from seeking life-saving care. Well, on the surface, let's, you're right. If he's, we see a transgender youth having a heart attack, mm-hmm. bleeding to death, yep. Jesus would not stop that health care, right? Facts. Then here's their argument. Did Jesus withhold his curative power from the paralyzed man deemed a sinner? Quoting John 5, 1 through 15. No, that's true. 
Did Jesus deny healing to a man with a deformed hand on the Sabbath, one of the holiest days in Judaism? Mark 3, 1 to 5. Correct, he did not. No. Did he refuse to heal a man with leprosy when lepers were considered unclean? Matthew 8, 1 to 4. No, he did not. And Jesus did not refuse to heal children. He healed Jairus' daughter, who he thought to be dead. He gave the verse. A demon-possessed daughter of a Gentile woman in Matthew and a boy with epilepsy. Everything in that is true, yep. that one paragraph. So clearly I thought he was going to be talking that there's some sort of laws coming out that mm -hmm. are saying when a transgender person has disease, mm -hmm. a health issue that is going to kill them, deformity, that they are not to be treated. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Let's see what he's actually saying. As a physician, I know this care saves lives. And we'll get to the care because I picked some different ones. As a, and as a Christian, I know I'm following my faith providing such care. I ask myself, what would Jesus do? And I am confident that Jesus would stand in agreement with me. He would love his gender nonconforming, gender expansive, and transgender adolescents. He would. Mm -hmm. And here's the problem. And assert and support the assertion, you ready for this? That children of all gender identities, expressions, and sexual orientations deserve access to the affirming care they need. And that's what we, so essentially the laws he's talking about is I think I'm not going to quote this. Look this up for yourself. Alabama, some state, recently passed a law that says it's illegal to provide hormone treatment or cosmetic treatment, gender-changing treatment, whatever that's called, mm -hmm. um, procedures to people under 18. And this person's argument is that is the same as, the, as Jesus not healing a paralyzed man. So the f let's talk about what are some before we even begin about the argue, about whether we agree. Mm -hmm. What are the flaws in the argument here that stand out to you guys? The you're, you're comparing a man who's essentially a paraplegic mm -hmm. to a transgender person. Correct. And there's something inherently wrong. That man never walked. Never walked once as his life was completely destroyed and imprinted in so many well, it boils down to this. Exactly. So here's here. Let me just simplify it. They're they are equating. I'm gonna give a perfect example. Let's say uh, someone has a uh, life-threatening infection. Mm -hmm. They are comparing the treatment of a life-threatening deformity, um, life-changing medical issue. Mm -hmm to a child wanting to become another gender and saying that those are equivalent. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I'm almost speechless because a lot of times I go really aggressive at things, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to really make sure I don't do that this time. Yeah, so kind of what I told, and that's wise, and I tend to mess up a lot. So what I told Brandon... Um, before, I think before we got on, is I said, I know people are going to think I'm picking on this, mm -hmm. and I'm not. Mm. Let me tell you what's happening out there, world. Christians, if you're listening, actually everyone. Let me tell you, I did not go searching for these articles, as in typing transgender. didn't happen. Mm -hmm. What's happening is, is that the media and the world is highlighting these things and making it sort of the championed cause of late, right? It's, it's like the number one thing people talk about, right? Being transgender, yep. whatever. And, you know, I can, even this Terrence person, okay, calls himself Terrence, 
first of all, I completely intellectually am insulted because it's such a terrible argument. Mm. Um, terrible use of scripture. I'm just being real with you. Like none of that makes any sense, but someone that doesn't know the Bible and isn't actually really reading, it's going to go, yeah, you're right. Jesus, that's a terrible argument. Um, but the second thing is like, we're going to talk about it because you're, this person claims to be a Christian. Had this just been a random article that's like, Transgender laws are evil, are um, anti-American, let's say. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak into that, really, because that's it's irrelevant to me. Yep. My identity is first and foremost a Christian. But when you claim to be a Christian, you are going to use Scripture to back up your point that is affirming sin, because that's what it is. Sin is anything that goes against the will of God. Then I we have a responsibility, here, both as a church with capital C, right, Christians, but also on this show— we're going to talk about it mm. because I'm not going to sit back and let someone who claims to be a Christian. That's a different game, right? <clears throat> We've said that for a long time. Yep. So let me tell you what you're really saying, Terrence. I completely disagree with you. Here would be a better example of what you're saying. You are saying that Jesus would come up to, um, let's say, the, let's say a Roman soldier. Um, who worships Mars, the god of war, mm-hmm. and emperor worship, right? Because back then, you, you did offer worship to Caesar. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes up to you, to them, and says, they're like, hey, and, and they say, hey, I want you to help me better worship Mars. Mm. And I want you to help me better worship Caesar. And you're saying that Jesus would say, I'm, I will do that. Mm. Or, hey, help me to walk again um, so that I can then run away from you because I hate you. Because mm. that, I'm serious. So, Jesus, you are dead wrong. Jesus is not going to contradict himself. Nope. He is not going to... It's not about healing. You're mixing apples and oranges. He very well might, if this transgender, Terrence, if you were laying on the street dying, he told us that. Not only would Jesus come and help you, but I'm, I would look at, I would help you. Yep. Because you are a creation of God, and even though you're choosing to rebel against him, based on, and I believe those feelings are real, yep. right, that they have, whatever, Um. I, I will help you because God is love. But that make no mistake, that's not the same as affirming sin. So Jesus would not affirm your sin. Jesus certainly wouldn't affirm letting children make permanent decisions during a time when they are not equipped to do so. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, completely wrong. Uh, he will not contradict himself. And I think... Unfortunately, you're doing what most people do nowadays that claim to be Christian and say that they're, quote, affirming people. Which, by the way, affirming means I'm saying you're right. You are mixing Jesus' love, or you're taking Jesus' love and subtracting his truth. Which, if the Bible says that Jesus came in grace and truth, and you take away truth, then it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. Um, and but the problem is, it becomes a very emotional thing because we go, "Oh, you're right. He would love them. Yes, he would. But what's real love? 
Mm. Letting a kid mutilate themselves, is that love? No. No. We don't even let kids, like, uh, kids can't even smoke. Hmm. You can't smoke under the age of 18 legally, but you want them to have mutilating surgeries at 12 years old or take hormone treatment? That is unbelievable. Like, take out your faith. That is so ignorant. Think of how unstable our minds are at that age already. Yes. Not understanding the world. So I just think it's crazy, man. That That's on the Washington Post, and there's probably so many people out there. I didn't even look at the comments. I should have. They're like, yeah. But, man, why isn't the church responding? Maybe they are. I guess we are right mm. now. Um, but, you know, it's funny, too. The hard part for us is I already know. Someone will immediately say I'm being hateful. Mm. When if you actually listen to what I said, you're making assumptions of me. I can genuinely say, hey, Terrence, you have complete freedom to say and do what you want. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to let you twist the Bible without saying what the truth is. So To so blatantly say that God made a mistake when making you and then have the audacity to say that it's as life-threatening to you, that mistake that he made. To not get to do what you want. Uh As leprosy or... In modern terms, maybe cancer or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That. Well, how about this? Laws that prevent me from loving children, mm. from having sex with children, right? Someone said that. Um, you're not affirming me, and Jesus would affirm my decision, mm. and especially if the child wants to as well. Which, by the way, they're starting to say this, they being like pockets of the, the world. Um, right? Or how about in Christianity if I said, I'm a Christian— and I love adultery, and Jesus would affirm my choices to be an adulterer. Because you just said it. We are lustful if we let ourselves by nature, men. Mm-hmm. There are times that human beings are going to have a, if they let themselves and feed it, will have a lustful desire for someone other than their spouse. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to change God's word and like quote some random thing. Because God didn't stone the adulteress, that means we're allowed to commit adultery. Mm. You know, I could quote that. Or if they were to say that in the Old Testament, kings and followers of Jesus, or God, rather. Did so, it. Yeah, they had many Which wives. they do. Some mm-hmm. people do that. Right? <laughs> you scared the life group with that one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zeke was legitimately afraid that I meant that. Yeah. Did you see his face? If he's wa- He'll never watch this. But he's like, <laughs> that's why I go, Zeke, I'm kidding. I'm making a point. Yeah. <clears throat> that was funny. Sorry to ramble today, guys. I just I love it, man. want to bring it up. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, have you guys seen this in your personal lives? This you you do. Yep. I know, and don't don't put yourself in a situation. Yep. But I mean, you definitely deal with this, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's tough, and I ask questions, um, which is good and wise. I'm pretty bold in my question asking. I think um, they probably respect it, right? Because you still love them. Mm-hmm. I I'm smart in the sense of though I don't say smart. I, I respect myself and my faith in the sense that I don't say he or she in that situation anymore. Um, I'll refer to them by their name, mm. and um, or their preferred name, if you will. Yeah. Uh, because God has a different name for them, so this is whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's never been something I would die on a hill for either. Like, mm-hmm. especially if I meet you and you tell me your name is Bob and you're a woman, even I'm gonna call you Bob. I think mm-hmm. like, that it's disrespecting who you are. Now it's a different matter if it was you and you came to me tomorrow and said my name is Jane. I'm like, I'm not calling you Jane, dude. <laughs> you know. Yes. I, don't, I don't know, maybe, who knows? It, it, But yeah, truth, 
Because the bottom line, I mean, it's deeper than that moment, yep. than that name. So I'm also held to a different standard than the random people out there sure. or whatever. If I were to come to you and say, I want to be Jane now. Uh, yes, exactly. Being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But That's what my problem is with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're claiming this the article. same name that we are. Mm-hmm. That's and it's not. It's ignorant. Yeah, we just talked about that Sunday. Weirdly enough, I didn't even know this. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick that because of the message Sunday. Go check that out. I know I'm plugging our church a lot today. That's that supports the show, but it just t- kind of aligns with it. I can't even remember the name of it now. My own smoke and mirrors. Mm. Yeah, go check that out. It's a good sermon. Yeah. All right. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Again, it's not so much about the tra- transgender as it is about two things. One, do we allow children to make permanent decisions when we don't even allow them to smoke cigarettes? Mm. Two, and is it wrong to make that illegal? And two, um, you know, do you have a what do, what, what do you think? What should our response be when someone claims to be a Christian and is, and I have to assume this person actually believes that, that like these verses apply. You know, what, what do we do with that? You know, it's just crazy. I know that we're told not to conform to modern culture. Amen. All right. And if you hate me because you think I'm hating people, type in the comments what I said that was hateful because I genuinely don't know. Sure. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you got, you got something else, don't you? Yeah, this one's actually we'll a little bit it's heavier. It's been a long episode, isn't it? Um, Sorry, guys. Brandon's on. We're just and Clint. It's all of us. Okay, I think I'm just going to read the headline. Of sure. It. We won't. Sit. We don't need to say. Columbia City pastor accused of raping three children. Um, do you want to tell like the details without giving names? Because I think it's good for people. If we're going to bring it up, we need to tell them what's what's going on here. Uh, First of all, he has confessed. Okay. So this happened. Okay. So it's not even allegedly anymore. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So a pastor in the city that we live in, the city that we spread the gospel in, mm-hmm. um, has confessed to raping three special needs children in his own church, a church that he's been at for several years. A long time. As the pastor. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then it's, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are people in our congregation... Jane, we'll call her Jane Finger. You know, mm-hmm. she knew him as a child. He used to ride around and give, like he would go to trailer courts and make sure kids got rides to churches. He, mm-hmm. which now makes you wonder, you know. Um, I know that one of the pastors here knew him before he came here in mm-hmm. ministry, and actually respected him because he he continued. They have a really nice property. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. Um, this church does, and he, uh, you know, he, he was viewed as pretty faithful because he continued even though their numbers are pretty small. Now we kind of wonder why. Um, some of the details <clears throat> that I remember from the article I read, just to fill you guys in. So anyway, this is a big deal in this town. <clears throat> you and I aren't from this town, so it probably is even a bigger deal if this, you're a lot, and neither is Clint, if you're a lifelong Columbia City. Yeah. Um, so the details are as follows. So this, this uh, I don't know what his legal, you know, how you can say stuff in your in your interview and then say not guilty still. You can do that. I don't know all the legal terms, but I know in the article it said that he did, that these were special needs children. What, what age? I don't know. <clears throat> they would watch pornography together, Some usually at his house, but sometimes in the church. They would have, this is going to get vulgar. I don't mean for it to be, but let's be real, some almost like orgies. Mm-hmm. There was titles, him being called master, and if they didn't, he would slap them. Um... He said that the reason he didn't, he, they said, well, have you done this to other kids? He said, no. 
And they said, well, why didn't you do it with the other kids? You didn't. And he goes, because they agreed to this. The other kids didn't. So in his mind, he had created this. It appears he created this kind of like, I'll go this far, but here I won't. Um, and another lady, they did not give her name, went to the police. She said she had suspicions, but didn't know for sure. Um, and then, you know, when she got challenged on, well, like, how did you? Because I think the other guy claimed she didn't know. He ran off. And then he did confess to her. She says she feels like he confessed because guilt was overwhelming mm. him. So that's what it is. He confessed to her, she says. So I guess allegedly is what we would say. This all is allegedly, um, according to the articles. And interestingly, when they interviewed the kids, um, the first kids kept saying no, no, no. And it was only when one of the kids said yes that the other two eventually said yes, it happened. Mm. So um, pretty vile stuff. Pretty vile stuff. Right in our backyard. So what, you know, you brought this up. What did, what were your thoughts on this or questions or? Uh, my immediate thought is sadness mm. and even probably a little bit of fear for the church with the capital C. Um, as you guys have talked about in previous weeks, the, the number of people who claim Christianity has gone down mm -hmm. uh, intensely over just the last year. Mm -hmm. Um and when I talk to people who don't believe, a lot of times they're angry, and they think they're angry with God, but they're angry with other Christians. And my fear here, God's bigger than this, obviously, I know that. Sure. But my fear here is that people are going to use this as another excuse to never come to church. Mm. Um, because I'm not going to speak on the Catholic Church, but this is more it, a Catholic uh, thing. Right? Well, and it's been a big issue lately, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some major cardinal, I, weirdly saying this, just read today, uh, I think in I don't know where a cardinal, very powerful position, resigned because he lit, his quote was, and that's a powerful position, the Catholic Church has come to a dead end, end quote, mm. due to all this. So, going, I mean, it is, you're not talking badly, it's in the news. Mm. Yeah. So my fear is that people are going to use it as another reason not to come, um, but even more so as a reason to look down on people like you and AJ, our mm -hmm. pastors. They're going to be like, you know, you're a pastor, you are sick, or whatever. Um and then hearing what you said about him admitting to it, but then pleading guilty or whatever, it's so interesting for me because that's I, this has been on my heart a lot lately, especially with, with what's going on in my life. Um, saying you did something and repenting aren't the same thing. Like if I sure if I am if I punch you in the face and tomorrow I'm like, hey man, I punched you in the face. I'm not repenting to you that I'm you know sorry that I did that mm -hmm. and. Um, I'm sad for him. Sure. And sure. Not in the sense of like, oh, we got caught. No, he. He needed to be caught. Needs yeah. to be. There's a punishment, right? Yeah. Sin has punishment. But I don't know. I'm I'm sad for. I'm scared for the church with a capital C. I think we should be praying with each other instead mm. of against each other. <clears throat> That's interesting. First of all, I want to say and be clear. You know, the, uh, we're saying all allegedly. You know, for legal purposes, we're just going by what we read in. For instance, in our community, it's called Ink Free News. It's legitimate news um, article. So, you know, these facts, though they may not be exact, are pretty close. <clears throat> and so this is all allegedly until otherwise proven, you know, guilty in a court of law. Mm -hmm. But considering the fact that details have been released by a news outlet, or at least some details, you know, we can talk about this. Mm -hmm. What's interesting, yeah, I agree with all that. And uh, I'll confess, there's times that I already struggle to talk to women sometimes mm -hmm. or at least second-guess myself to love them or lead them or teach them. And 
certain kids, you know, um, because, which is heartbreaking, not because I would ever do anything, but because mm -hmm. you don't even, this kind of stuff, you don't even want to even have the appearance that you're even being weird, you know? Nope. And sometimes it's being weird to just show love. <clears throat> so, yeah, man, it's heartbreaking. <clears throat> it also shows how long something can go on. Mm. <clears throat> it also makes me wonder how many people did see red flags and never said a word. Yep. Versus in Matthew, it says, you know, Matthew 18, um, throughout the Bible, that if, if your brother sins or you see something, even, you know, if you, you think you're, we are called to go to them. Yep. Um, and you can't tell me in how many years this happened that, and my guess would be, if this turns out to be true, that these won't be the last ones we hear about over an entire lifetime. I Never mean, is. Yeah, exactly. So the one thing I'll say, and I'm almost hesitant to say it, but I asked the Remnant House guys, the internship program. So I think it's worth bringing on here. It's something I'm wrestling with. I'm not saying this is true. Let's say, like I'm not even saying I believe this yet. Or what I'm, I don't even know what I believe yet. Well, I do. Let's assume for a second he did go and confess to this woman. Mm -hmm. Then they took him in. He confessed to the police because he is your Christianity big enough that an actual Christian could mm -hmm. could fall so far into sin into the most vile of places that they could still be saved while rotting in prison for something they did while they were a Christian. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Ironically, I think two years ago I would have said no. Because and we're talking about grace in the spiritual sense. Yep. He's going. If assuming that's he, you're you're going to jail and you deserve to go to jail, and that we're not doubting that. Nope. We're not even doubting. We're not doubting punishment at all. What we're saying is, from a spiritual aspect, does the cross cover even that? Yeah. And is it well? I guess two things. I think we'd all say the cross covers it because if we heard this story about some guy and then he repented in prison, we'd all believe it. Yep. The real thing is, can a Christian? You know, is your Christianity? meaning listening, mine, yours, does it have a box or does it have space for someone to fall that far? Mm. I think a lot of people, it doesn't. I think a lot of people want to take it this guy probably too and mm -hmm. come after him and attack him. And it, that's where we have it wrong. That's where we have it so wrong. And I, this sounds, it's probably it's hard to hear. If Jesus sacrificed Well, I don't think I don't think we're arguing that he could repent of this. Mm -hmm. That's not the question, because definitely the sin of of that, even that, you know, and that's usually one we use to mess with people about yeah. grace. We everyone, I believe that a person's child molester could repent, turn to the Lord, and that sin is forgiven and become a Christian. And you know, doesn't change the vile nature of that. It doesn't change the fact that we still have to protect. We have an obligation to protect our kids, follow the law. You know, as far as what we're saying is. This is very specific. Can a, do you believe a true Christian could do something like this? Mm. That's really, maybe that's the easy way to put it. Okay. That makes sense? I don't, I, and again, I'll be honest, on the surface, 
I can't fathom this, mm-hmm. right? But I also can't fathom um, stealing someone's livelihood, and there are Christians that have stolen. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't fathom uh, homosexual behavior because that's not something I'm tempted with. I don't know, and I know this is taboo, man. What I'm saying is taboo because even in Christianity, it's the one thing we're supposed to say because we're afraid. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying really. This guy just becomes a symbol of. Of, of it in general, you know, the, the line. Because mm-hmm. if someone said the argument to me is, I don't believe that God, that a true believing Christian could do something like that, I'm like, I would actually not say, okay, I believe you, but what? where is the line? What do you think they are capable of doing and still be forgiven? Mm. Like, you already believe that it's, I mean, most people will state, we're not talking about pastors, Christian in general, could fall into lust, into adultery, and that, that, doesn't, that doesn't change their place with God, right? Assuming you believe once saved, always saved kind of belief. This is the easy answer if you believe that you can outsin your grace. Like, mm-hmm. then we would easily go, absolutely, this yeah. guy's not a Christian. But since I choose to believe that a true professing Christian cannot lose their salvation based on a sinful act, and I do believe that based on, you know, my readings, and, and I know not every Christian out there believes that. Um, then what do I do with that? Well, there's only one of two options. Either he was never saved mm. or he's a Christian that went that sinned in the act repeatedly and to the point that he was so dis- that he's eating out of the worst of pig troughs, right? Mm. Um, and I'm almost scared to say that because I know how bad it sounds for me to even act like that's possible. Yep. Um, but I like what Clint said, you know. Here's wh- let's let's throw that question aside. And I can't fathom this, man, because I put myself in this position where it was my my child or my niece or even Jackson, who I love, or one of the kids here who's not related to me but I love. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm going to say something I'm not sure I'd be able to put into practice necessarily, but we should long for this man to repent either way Amen. and come to know Jesus and be saved. Mm. That should be our heart's desire. I think it's another thing to bring up straight up. Yeah. You should want him to be in repent. You shouldn't mm-hmm. want anybody to go to hell. That's, That's true. But you should also accept the fact that your hate, your anger, all of that, you feel that in the moment. You're also in the wrong. Leave justice to God. He will take care of it. Well, he long term. We, we have a responsibility. Like, Well, I just want to clarify because you know how people are that are listening. No, we're going to give this guy some justice, but mm-hmm. like... As far as his heart and like long ter- eternal justice, that's up to God. It's not our call. And I do know this: the the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice on the cross, can and does cover that sin yep. if this man is repentant and puts his faith in Jesus Christ. That's the question. And I'll be honest: if there ever was an argument that could make me think someone could lose theirs, right? It's this idea of falling that far. But boy, oh boy, there's people who have said that things I've done have meant that I'm not saved. Mm. And I and I and I even if it's uncomfortable, I've got to be willing to to ask these questions. Yep. I think we all do. Um so again, th- this specific situation, we'll find out more. Yeah. L- this is what I've always said. We're going to find out whether this dude was a believer. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We're going to find out even in his let me put it this way, even in his pleading. Does the guy, you know, does he plead guilty or does he plead not guilty? Mm. Does he does he work a you know what I'm saying like because true repentance would involve saying I did this mm-hmm. there is no excuse 
And already, though, I'm hearing a little bit of an excuse. They were willing. Mm, yeah, he's already making excuses. Yeah, so, These ones were willing. So that right there tells me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of an, of an evil thing to even say. Right? Uh, almost manipulative if that's to the true. kids. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you said something. Uh, oh, yeah. You said something a few minutes ago, which was, you don't put yourself in a situation with women or kids or whatever. Uh, I'm right there, man. I don't. Try not I won't to. even babysit girls. Oh, I get it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't talk to women one on one anymore because it's terrifying. I don't say things, and I would never touch a child. But it takes one person saying I said something or touched a child. Wouldn't matter if it's true. Uh-huh. And that's the sad thing about these situations is that now it's made to the point that even there are people that lie. Mm-hmm. You know, not in this case, but I mean, and make false accusations. And because we've seen it happen, we tend to believe it immediately. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it comes out, right? It doesn't matter if it's even not true. I've found that in my own life about other things. No one's sin is ever, like, bad enough. They have to make it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, this guy looked at porn and got caught. And then it's like, hey, did you hear that this guy, uh, I don't know, raped people? You know, like, it, it just, it's always magnified. So I don't know. I, I think things like this that happen, this guy, this is vile. It's one of the most oh. evil of things I can imagine someone doing. Um... Genuinely, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve punishment to the full extent of the law. I'm not saying any of those things, assuming it's true. I'm just saying it makes me think about my faith mm. and, and what I believe is possible. Um, you know, and again, you know, the Bible, some people are going to get in like they just kind of skidded through fire, right? They just made it. Mm. Um, so it's heartbreaking, man, heartbreaking. And like you said, I think heartbreaking to what it's done to the church in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to change things in this town for a while, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Pray for restoration. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. It also convicts me about things I've done. Not that in the not anywhere near that, but anytime I mess up, mm-hmm. that you know how it affects people's view of, you know, when I'm a jerk, even. And somebody, that's why I don't like to turn, you know, honestly, sometimes I don't like to turn pastor because it comes with too much weight in the sense of like what I do, people are going to attribute to everyone. And I hate that, which is probably why the Bible says, listen, they're going to be judged more harshly. Mm-hmm. So, hey, great conversation. It's probably gonna be one of our longest episodes we've ever had. I'm so sorry um, if you didn't enjoy it. But I did. I had a good time. I rambled a lot. My bad. I'm used to AJ rambling too. He so. didn't have your guy to. Yeah. Carry that and you're, you're in the new calm you, so you're just like zen over here. I, I love hearing it, man. It's almost like hearing real talk. Live, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you brought some good stuff up, too. And Clint, I'm great thoughts. So anything you want to say before we close up? Uh, thanks for watching. Um, if you don't have a church home, check us out. Uh, Meaning if, the church response, just the remnant church. <laughs> yeah, if anything, just go to our website, uh, life and look at our what we believe in. See if that's something you'd like to try out. Yep. Hey, you guys know the link is active all the time. You got anything, Fun Turn? If you love this podcast or any of the pieces out there, leave a review. Five stars. Don't care what you say. You see how nice. Yeah. If you don't like this, don't leave a review. We bid you adieu. Have a good day. Have a good life. But, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> we'll never want to see you again, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much. Fun turn. Great job today. Brandon, love you, man. Thank you so much. AJ, we miss you, buddy. Hopefully you get to see this. Uh, We love you. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, Everyone else, you heard him. Like, share, leave reviews, comment. 
give us your thoughts. Um, either way, guys, I know we're, we're not perfect, but thanks for giving us an opportunity to talk about real life. Mm-hmm. That link, hey, we need some questions and topics. Help us out, www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. Other than that, have a great day, and God bless you.